Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Was Washington better than they seemed this year? But first, let me let me explain why this uh, question is important. Was Washington better than they seemed this year? Part of it has to do with uh, decisions in, in leadership. And for that, we'll, we will go to a caller. This is going to help set the tone uh, for a conversation we're about to have. Uh, let's go to Watt in Landover, who's on the call-in line. Again, that number, 1-800-636-1067. Uh, Watt, thank you for calling in. I, I have a note on what you want to talk about, but I want to give you the floor here. Uh, so, Watt and Landover, thanks for calling in. What do you have? Um, you know, there's a reason why um, Ron Rivera is – a coach that should be on his way out the door. See, my theory is when you when you hire an average coach, you get average results. And there is no reason in the world Ron Rivera should be coach of this football team or any football team. He was a disaster when he was at Carolina, and he's a disaster here. Any other coach, if you take the coach of Philly, if you take the coach of the Giants, we would have been in the playoffs. But because we have Ron Rivera, who failed getting Carson Wentz, paying $28 million for a quarterback, giving up two draft picks, but you sign a contract with McLaurin, and you draft a wide receiver in Dotson, and now you're talking about this year you want to run the football? It makes no sense. But we can't do anything until we get a new owner. Once a new owner comes in, then they would see this nonsense of Rivera and things would change and you'll be fired. And that's right. how I feel about it. Thank you very much, Wyatt. That is uh, the, the the note I had on your call your call said fire Rivera and you lived up to it perfectly. I love the passion. Call back in anytime. One eight hundred six three six one oh six seven. Here's why that call sets the tone for this conversation I want to have. I think a lot of the fan base had been right where Watt is right now at some point. So much so, right? That was such a prevailing thought that my first, like my first reaction when I saw they fired Scott Turner, the offensive coordinator, was, "Oh wow!" So that must mean Ron Rivera gets to stay another year, right? Three years of seven win, seven win, eight win football in the NFL, uh, and and 
whether you love the coach or hate the coach, that's going to be a, a difficult job to come around for a fourth year. That's unlikely, right? Patience is not something that the NFL is known for. So that's the, the, the scenario. But what did I say? I said one of my favorite things to do is change my mind, right? One of my favorite things to do is to take in more information and then reevaluate all the facts and decide which direction we're going in. Right? Just because you said something once doesn't mean you have to believe it for the rest of your life. So let's let's take in some more information. What is the rest of the NFC East doing? Or as you should probably describe it, the NFC Beast. What is the rest of the NFC Beast doing? They're still playing, right? Washington is 100% focused on the next season, the 2023 regular season. Everyone else in their division isn't done with the 2022 season. So was Washington actually better than it seems, but unluckily was just drawn into a division with three of the four best teams in the NFC or three of the four remaining teams in the NFC? Again, take in more information. Washington was six and five outside of the division. So in games not played in the NFC East, they were six and five. They were one of only 13 teams in the NFL that were over 500 outside of their division. Only 13 teams in the NFL won more games than they lost outside of their division. So coming into this season, right, this is how crazy this whole situation is. Coming into this season, right, at the beginning during the preseason, when strength of schedule was based on 2021 records, the four NFC East teams were projected to have the easiest strength of schedule in the league. Right, Because none of them played particularly well the previous year. So if you just look at 2021 win-loss records, the NFC East, the four teams, had the four easiest strength of schedules in 2022. Largely because they had to play against each other twice a year. Right, They had to play against each other twice. And that was a lot of, uh, of not-great teams. But with the turnarounds, right, Brian Dable takes over uh, the Giants and suddenly they're a much better team. The Eagles put together that offense and Jalen Hurts leveled up. Suddenly, they're a much better team. Dallas, suddenly a much better team. So now that easiest strength of schedule that we were judging them on, the information has changed. Right? So when when Washington was losing at the beginning of the year, what were we doing? We're going, wow, they have one of the easiest strength of schedules in the league and they're losing all of these games? But with new information, it wasn't the easiest strength of schedule. With new information, they were playing three playoff teams, three divisional round playoff teams in their division twice each. The commanders went two, three, and one in in the most difficult division in the sport. Two, three, and one. And one of those wins came against the Cowboys in the final game of the year that didn't mean much to the Cowboys and the commanders were already eliminated. So it's really one, three, and one. If the commanders play in a division with a single pushover, right? Just one team that really, really, really likes the top pick, right? One team that that is not built to win now. If they play in a division with one pushover, one cupcake, they win another game, maybe two, they're in the playoffs. You make the playoffs, the whole vibe of the offseason changes. And you know that here in Washington because a couple years ago, even though they they had a losing record when they went to the playoffs, we're talking the Alex Smith magic year, 
When Taylor Heineke uh, got barely outdueled by Tom Brady in the playoffs that year, that offseason, everybody was in high spirits. You make the playoffs, everything changes. If they play in a division with one cupcake, one pushover, one tanking team, they win another game or two there in the playoffs. So replace the Giants with the Cardinals or the Bears or the Colts or the Texans or on and on and on. Like, by the way, the Seahawks had in their division with the Cardinals. The Lions had in their division with the Bears. The two teams that finished just ahead of the Commanders in in the playoff race. If you replace the Giants with one pushover, the Commanders are in the playoffs. So now you look at it and, and all of that fire Rivera, fire Rivera, everything has to change. Well, you're just telling me if they got picked up and put in another division that you wouldn't even, it wouldn't even make sense to fire your coach? If you'd switched the Giants with one team, pick your bad team, switch them out, there's a good chance... You have no interest in firing Rivera? Again, it's just new information here. But, I mean, let's say the Cowboys can upset the Niners. Well, let's just say, right? We're, 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 in a, uh, we're in a make-believe world here. The Giants pull it, or sorry, the, the Cowboys pull it out. And who cares? Giants or Eagles, one of them wins. Now the NFC Championship game has two teams from your division. That's new information. You have to take in new information, right? And evaluate. You have to take in new information and see where it goes from there. So maybe they were better than you thought. Maybe. It's overtime on 106.7 The Fan. Just a little perspective, throwing some new information at you. I want to see how you feel. Uh, Mark and Landover Hills called in with uh, some reactions to that conversation we just had. You can call in as well, 1-800-636-1067. Mark, thanks for calling in. What do you have for us? Good day, sir. Great show as usual. And, uh, hey, man, I, I think you're 100% right in your evaluation of the old skins that they were a better team than what their record said and how the season went for them. Definitely. I think you can say that about most teams inherently. They just don't perform as well as, as they can. But I think what you're saying is, is totally true. And I also think that, man, every year is different. And I think that things will change next year. And I think also, like I told my buddies, this is one of the wildest years we've had in a long time. And I think you'll agree with me, buddy. And great job. And, man, you're a Sharpie. Thank you very much, Mark. Uh, I like that. A Sharpie, like the pen. Um, Obviously, every year is different, like you said. And, yes, it was crazy. Uh, I mean, like, if if we're playing the what-if game, right? Like, what if you changed out the Giants? Which isn't fair, right? You can't go back and change history. But it's a thought exercise. You could also do, what if one quarterback played every game the entire year? What if there wasn't that carousel of quarterbacks? What could have changed there? What if they didn't bench Heineke for Wentz in in, in the must-win game, whatever that was, week 16? What if? Let's go back to some earlier conversations. Andy and Sterling wants to talk about a possible Deron Payne contract coming up this offseason. How, I'm guessing, the details of... The, the money, the value, and everything else you have to weigh. Uh, so we'll go to Andy right now. Again, you can call in as well, 1-800-636-1067. Andy, thanks for calling in. What do you have to say about the pain contract? Uh, yeah, man, I enjoy, I've been enjoying your show this morning. You had some Thank very you. intelligent uh, conversation on the topics. Uh, yeah, you know what? The commanders are going to have to make a decision. 
they're either going to have to decide this year whether to give Payne his big contract. But going forward, they're going to have to decide between uh, Sweat mm-hmm. or um, or Chase. Mm-hmm. And you know what? I would rather give that bigger con- contract to Chase. I mean, not to Chase, but to Sweat, because Chase has not really produced at the level everybody expected him uh, to perform. He was supposed to be a once-in-a-generation player. He's been anything but that. He's uh, He's been injured. He's been inconsistent. Uh, for whatever reason, he doesn't seem to be taking uh, coaching very well. Uh, give the money to the guys who deserve it. Um, they're not going to be able to afford all those guys. Uh, another comment, I was listening to the uh, Grant and sometimes Danny show the other uh, the other day, and they seem to be thinking that uh, the 49ers had a lock on the uh, basically the championship uh, uh, title. I, I disagree. I think the 49ers, Shanahan, are going to be exposed Along with that mm. rookie quarterback, who I think is actually pretty good, but they're going to they're going to bomb out most likely against Dallas. Um, Shanahan is going to crap in his pants again. He's going to call some dumb play. Maybe he'll have Purdy go out for a pass on the sideline and get blasted <laughs> like he had uh, Griffin uh, get blasted a few years ago before he was finally killed in that uh, playoff game with a knee. Um, I think uh, Dallas is going to take it, unfortunately. But uh, once again, as far as uh, the commanders are concerned, we are headed by a coach who's mediocre at best. Uh, he's definitely doesn't coach when he has to make adjustments. Uh, the offensive coordinator was uh, too young, too inexperienced. We needed somebody maybe a little bit older, a little bit more experienced. And uh, going forward, uh, we're going to have to get another coach. Uh Rivera was lucky at Carolina. He caught lightning in the bottle when he got Cam as his number one pick, and he had Luke Keekley coaching the defense, who was one of the greatest linebackers of all time. He didn't replicate that over here, and now he's paying for it. He should have drafted Herbert in the first round as opposed to Chase. All right, man, thanks. I appreciate it. I, I appreciate it. You, you went in a lot of different directions there, so I'm going to do my best to respond to a couple of them. Uh, first of all, Everybody that, that that the the again there's there's multiple points. So your first point about the defensive line, that's where I wanted to go. Deron Payne, John Allen, Montez Sweat, Chase Young, can't pay them all, you're gonna have to choose. That's kind of been hanging over the head of that defense for a while, right? You knew you like they in in five consecutive years, they drafted a player in the first round. For their front seven, if you include Jamin Davis, the linebacker. Uh, prior to, to the Jamin Davis pick, four years consecutively, they drafted a player in the first round that would go on the defensive front. Now, the, what I, the way I've described it in just like conversations with, with, with buddies or people that ask me about it is that's kind of like uh, if you're a family and you have like a set of twins and then another kid two years later and another kid a year later and you... you you know as they're growing up, you're going to have four in college at the same time, and you're like, geez, how are we going to afford? Like, it hangs there. You know it's coming. There's nothing you can do about it. You're just like, well, we'll deal with it in when the first one turns 18. right? When the first one graduates high school, we're going to have to figure it out. That's kind of what it was, right? You had these four guys up front. You knew you weren't going to be able to afford all of them, and you're just going to let it hang over your head. Jonathan Allen, all right, we'll figure that out. You got there, you got them signed. Deron Payne's up next. Then there's going to be the, the next and the next and on and on. And it's just, you, you know it's coming. You're just going to have to figure it out when you get there. 
This is Overtime on 106.7 The Fan. Again, that call in line, 1-800-636-1067. I see you hanging on the lines. We'll get to more of your calls coming up. And also, yeah, Greg Roman has to be an option. Fired from, from the Ravens, he has to be an option to be the offensive coordinator for Washington. I'll tell you why coming up. Welcome back in. Overtime on 106.7 The Fan. Tim Donnelly here. Caitlin back at the studio keeping us up and running. We've been talking commanders. Obviously, they have some decisions to make. Who should be their offensive coordinator? Should Deron Payne be given the contract extension? What do they do with their offense? Is Sam Howell the guy? How do they chase down their three division rivals that are all still in the playoffs? There's there's a lot to get to. Uh, so we're going to get to you, the call-in line. Uh I see the, the full line, so we're going to keep rolling with it. You can call in as well, 1-800-636-1067. We have Razor and Bowie. Uh, Razor, thanks for calling in. What do you have to say about the Commanders? Razor, are you there? Going once. Going twice. Gone. Razor, appreciate you for calling in. You sat on hold there for a while, but uh, unfortunately, we're going to move on. Uh, let's go to Kevin in Arlington. Has some conversations on Rivera he wants to, to bring to the air. Again, that number 1-800-636-1067. Kevin, thanks for calling in. What do you have? Yeah, I think with Ron, it's a mixed bag. Um, but one of the points you were making earlier is nobody anticipated or the quote-unquote experts didn't anticipate uh, the NFC beast returning to its <laughs> prior form of decades past. Um, you know, it's also worth looking at. We opened with Jacksonville and Detroit, two especially promising young teams that everybody was saying, even as late as August, oh, what a gift the schedule makers gave us, blah, blah, blah. All right. <laughs> so nobody knows the NFL. It's a year to year league. And, uh, you know, yes, I, I think that the talent on this team was considerably better. But in two places, it was horrifically deficient. Uh, unless House the real deal. One's quarterback, of course. It was a terrible decision to go get Wentz. Uh, and I, I really feel the owner's more involved in that decision than, than really is getting airplay. And I also feel like, you know, you basically had in the first year a credible offensive line that got older and weaker because you didn't fix it, because you didn't draft especially well hmm. at line. You know, Sadiq Charles has sort of proven to be a bust. But the other thing is, with me and Rivera, it's what he doesn't give you on game day. You know, why did it take so long for Hal to get a chance? We were bad at quarterback a lot of the way through. I mean, I'm not saying Sam Howe's the answer, but he was every bit as credible as what we had. Uh, Chris Paul was another example. We were having horrific problems at right guard due to injuries to Cosme and Turner. And, oh, the start that Turner had at right guard was horrible. So mm -hmm. I, I feel like he makes bad personnel decisions from acquiring them to paying them to playing them. I think there's still this issue of we play uh, players that have bigger salaries or, or, you know, did it once before as opposed to we're taking a chance and we're letting a young guy play. I think it's also disappointing we're losing Chris Harris because you know, does a team in the league have two lower-drafted safeties that have played better than Curl and Forrest? So, I mean, there's a mixed bag here, but, you know, I don't think it's Rivera gets all the credit, and I think he gets a healthy share of the blame because he doesn't give us much on game days. And if you look at our division and you look at the league, what are the two things that separate most teams? It's quarterback and it's coaching. 
And our division has solid quarterbacks opposite Washington. They have solid coaching opposite Washington. And so is it any wonder that three of the four teams left are NFC East teams? Is that what we, what we need to aspire to with the new owner? I'm hoping, you know, Ron has a front office job, you know, be a, uh, a, a community outreach person, you know, in his latter <laughs> years. He's a good man. He's a good football man, but he's no longer head coach in Carroll. That's kind of where I'm at. That, uh, first of all, uh, unbelievable call. So great job there. And and call back in anytime, 1-800-636-1067. I love when, when somebody can make great points on both sides, right? Uh, I, I brought up the, the division earlier and how nobody expected the Philly-Dallas Giants to be as good as they are. So, you know, Washington's losses may not be as bad in retrospect. He brought up Jacksonville and Detroit starting the season. Jackson, like the first four games for Washington to start this year Jacksonville, Detroit, Philly, Dallas. Washington goes one and three. Against Jacksonville, they got the win, lost to Detroit, lost to Philly, lost to Dallas. All four of those teams, significantly better than anyone thought they'd be coming into the year. Those losses, not as bad. One and three, not as bad. When they moved into a more traditional schedule, right? Tennessee, Chicago, Green Bay, Indy, Minnesota. They start winning games, right? Context can change the way you react to something that you already thought you had a, a, an opinion on, right? Starting one and three was a terrible, terrible start to the season. Well, actually losing to Detroit's not that bad. They're actually a pretty good team. Uh, oh, look, they beat Jacksonville. That's actually pretty good. Oh, Philly, well, they're one of the best teams in the league. Dallas, they're still playing in the divisional round, right? Context changes everything. Uh, but then you are right. The, the most frustrating thing for me when looking at Washington, or one of the most frustrating things, it, the caller touched on it, is the, the hard things, the difficult things they need to do to fix the problems on their roster. In many cases, they've already done it, right? They need a left tackle. Well, they had Trent Williams. Trent Williams is still playing in the playoffs with the Niners. Well, they need an interior great player. They need a guard. Well, they had Brandon Sheriff. Brandon Sheriff's still playing in, in the playoffs with the Jags. The hard part is identifying the great players. The hard part is developing the great players. Most teams find a way to keep them once they do the two hard parts. But Washington, you know, guys, guys leave for whatever reason that is. And you could say personnel decisions. You could say players want to get out. Uh, obviously, Trent Williams had a very complicated situation. But they, they, they had the players in many cases. They had them. They're just not there anymore. Overtime on 106.7 The Fan, 1-800-636-1067. More of your calls, more of conversations surrounding the commanders on this NFL playoff Saturday coming up. Overtime on 106.7 The Fan continues on this Saturday afternoon. I promise we'll get to some of your callers and we will. Matter of fact, let's jump in. Call 1-800-636-1067 if you want to join the show. We're, we're looking forward to hearing from you. Uh, Robin Haymarket has some conversation or some, some comments on the offensive scheme in Washington, right? Anytime you're potentially or are definitely replacing your offensive coordinator, it's an opportunity to change up the scheme. Uh, so let's hear what Rob has to say. Rob, thanks for calling in. What do you have to say about the offense? Hey, man, really enjoyed your show. Hey, listen, really, I, I think what we need to be as an organization is prudent here. I'm not so much worried about Ron Rivera because he has one year left on his contract. What I'm worried about is Sam Howe. 
And what I'm trying to do, if I'm watching, I'm trying to put Sam Howell in the best position he can be in to succeed. And that position is not changing the scheme of what we're doing, but using basically the same scheme and then working around his strengths. So keeping Sam Peasy, give these guys a year to see if they can go deep in the playoffs. And if they do, okay, you can always give an extra year in the contract, but give this young man an opportunity to uh, to, to succeed. And, and by the way, I thought he showed a lot of poise. One more point. Uh, based on our division, the only thing I would disagree with you on that division is we had two chances to beat the New York Giants, and we didn't mm-hmm. because of coaching. That was the main thing was the coaching. Our coaching failed us when we could have won at least one of those games. I, I completely agree with you, and, and I'll just – uh, add on here, and, and thank you for calling in. 1-800-636-1067 is the number. Uh, I'll just add on a little bit to, to respond. Um, yeah, you're, you're right about the, the, the Giants games. Obviously, the tie. But the point I was trying to make was the Giants were good enough that you know mistake here or there would cost you the win. There are teams out there where you could make a mistake here or there and you'd still win, right? Think about playing the, the Texans or the Colts. Right, if you if you're playing those teams and you have a mistake snafu coaching decision, all right, so you win by 28 instead of 31. Little exaggeration, but you get what I'm saying. Uh, what you're right about, and when it comes to changing the the scheme or not changing the scheme, is I don't think every option is on the table. Right, I don't think you can completely change everything unless whatever you're changing is proven to be a quick change because of, of the job security issue, right? Ron Rivera's coming back next year. I've never seen, I, I'm trying to think, I'm racking my brain right now because anytime you say never, uh, there's always the well actually people, right? They tweet at you. Well, actually it happened once in 1975. I'm racking my brain, but but I, I can't think of a time where a coach had four non-winning seasons to start their career and everybody was just cool with them keeping their job. So there is an element of Rivera and that staff better win now. So, you know, if you are keeping the same scheme, which really is just the language, right? If you're keeping the same uh, terminology, calling your own plays as the new offensive coordinator, but keeping the, the, the basis and structure of what was already there, that might help you hit the ground running fast because you don't have time. Which brings me to Greg Roman. Greg Roman has to be an option. He was just mutually parted ways with uh, by the Ravens. My first reaction to the news that the commanders fired Scott Turner was, I guess that means Ron Rivera's coming back. My next reaction was that filling that job was going to be a tough sell. Right, Finding an offensive coordinator wasn't going to be an easy job. And I said that right here on, on overtime last week, but it's not impossible. Right, It's a tough sell, but it's not impossible. And Greg Roman might be a unique fit. Okay? Let's look at the hurdles. The things that are going to make it tough to hire an offensive coordinator for Washington. Uh, The staff doesn't have great job security. We talked about it. The ownership change or potential change creates instability. Not sure a lot of guys are going to want to jump into that. Uh, The GM, Martin Mayhew, said publicly they want to be 2-1 to in their run-to-pass ratio. So they want to run it twice as much as they throw it, which is going to eliminate a lot of guys who want to throw it more in their designed offense. And... With the news from a week ago that uh, Sam Howell is likely the starter in 2023, you have to be a Sam Howell fan. Those are the four, I would say, biggest 
requirements or obstacles that offensive coordinator is going to have to get through to accept that job. So let's see if Greg Roman has solutions to those, right? Let's see if there's a reason to think he's a good fit to overcome those obstacles. The solutions. First problem, the staff doesn't have great job security. Well, Greg Roman's reputation is completely settled already, right? He has no reason to fear a full staff change after a year. He has no reason to think I'll never get another opportunity if I go there and the staff leaves in a year. Right? Greg Roman is already seen as what he is, right? He did it in Buffalo. He did it in San Francisco. He did it with the Ravens. If you're looking to hire Greg Roman, you know what you're going to get, whether he's the staff has moved on from after a year or not. Next obstacle, the ownership change or potential change could create some instability. Greg Roman, I mean, he is a coach's coach, meaning... Since he began as the offensive line assistant for the Panthers in 95, okay, so we're going back decades, he has had jobs ranging from offensive coordinator at Holy Spirit High School in South Jersey uh, to the tight ends coach at Stanford to the offensive coordinator of the Niners, Bills, and Ravens. And I'm, that, that's not, that wasn't necessarily just all upward, right? It wasn't like high school coordinator to assistant at the college level to coordinator to assistant to coordinator at the pro level. It was in the NFL for a while, all the way down to high school, uh, college, down to position code in college, all the way up and down and up and down to analyst. I don't think instability and change scares him because since 95, his life has been instability and change professionally. I don't know about personally. Next obstacle, the GM Martin Mayhew said they want to run twice as much as they pass. They want to be 2-1 to one in their run-to-pass ratio. Well, Greg Roman is one of the best running game architects in the history of football, in the history of the sport. If you want a running game architect, you want a running game coordinator, I mean, you might as well put Greg Roman's face in the dictionary next to that. Look at what the Ravens were able to do. Look at what the Bills were able to do. Look at what the San Francisco 49ers were able to do. They ran the ball, and they didn't necessarily need to throw to open it up. Last obstacle, you have to be a Sam Howell fan. Now, when Greg Roman has had his greatest success as a coordinator, it's been with Colin Kaepernick, it's been with Tyrod Taylor, and it's been with Lamar Jackson. I am not here to pretend that you can put Sam Howell in that group as a runner But as I've referenced a few times today, he did run for 828 yards and 11 touchdowns his final year at North Carolina. Greg Roman has to see some value in that, right? It's ironic because um, Sam Howell's freshman year, it was always going to be the number one pick. His sophomore year, it was, oh, he's still going to be a top 10 pick. His junior year was, well, let's see, maybe a mid-round pick. He ended up going in the fifth round. But during that year, he he may have lowered his ceiling or lowered his reputation as a franchise quarterback, but he did raise his, his reputation. He did raise his output as a runner. So he may have made himself less attractive to a lot of offense coordinators, but probably more attractive to Greg Roman. Greg Roman might be a unique fit, and I know not many of you want to hear that because uh, I don't know. He's, he's become a weird polarizing figure, specifically with his time with Lamar Jackson, because he didn't never turned him into a drop back passer. But I look at it and think Greg Roman might be a nice little get. And finally, 
Speaking of the speed, which is where we started this conversation, right? The staff job security, they don't have time for him to come in and take two or three years to implement his system. Greg Roman changes offenses the moment he gets there. If you look at his history, when he takes over as an offensive coordinator, he gets there and it gets better pretty quick. Now, I said earlier, Greg Roman's where I'm leaning. I'm surprised even I'm saying that. Let's go to the call in line. 1-800-636-1067. That's 1-800. Oh, never mind. Uh, the phone line is open, but we are up against the commercial, so we're going to go ahead and uh, jump in there. Uh, 1-800-636-1067 is the call in line. Uh, so go ahead and uh, jump on the call in line. We'll come to you coming out of the break if, uh, if we have some time. Also, when we come back, well, you know, let's ask this question. I've seen this on social media more than I thought I would. Lamar Jackson photoshopped into a commander's jersey or a commander's jacket or a commander's hat. If things go sideways in Baltimore, do you want Lamar Jackson with the Washington Commanders? It's kind of a fantasy question, but if it gets real, you're going to want to be prepared. Stick around. If you are in the the Commanders brain trust, the circle of trust, like meet the parents, right? If you're within their inner circle, you, you should just say, hey, what would we do if it became real? If they called and said, right, Eric DaCosta, Ravens GM, calls up Washington and goes full clandestine, like secret agent. Uh, if you tell anyone I called, I will de- I will deny it and, and I will uh, make sure you never work in this business again. But Lamar Jackson's on the market. Click. Don't contact me, I'll contact you. Click. Well, here's what I'd say. I have, I have theories, I have names for my theories, right? When you talk enough into a microphone, you stumble into them. I have something called the Tebow Manning meter, which is if you're going to make a deal or make a move, do something big that goes against what much of the fan base thinks or is just such a dramatic move that it's going to shake everybody to their core, it better be such a completely big deal that people go, well, I didn't even know that was possible. The reason why I call it the Tebow Manning meter is because uh, if you go back about a decade ago now, maybe a little more, uh, obviously Tim Tebow was the quarterback of the Broncos. And while he didn't play very good football, they they kept coming back. They kept winning games, made it to the playoffs. They won a playoff game and the fan base loved him. He was the top selling jersey. Everyone was T-bowing, taking the knee and putting the the fist. You know, I'm talking about the, you know, the the T-bowing thing was big. Uh, And when the Broncos rightfully said, you know, we got to we got to find ourselves a quarterback. They went and they got Peyton Manning. And everybody went, whoa, we're getting rid of Tebow. Well, actually, you know, I didn't even know that was possible. Peyton, Peyton works, right? It's, it was the only off-ramp, the only uh, parachute to catch them when they jumped off the Tim Tebow cliff. But it worked. But it worked. So if you're going to make a decision that goes against what a lot of people think or expect, it better be super high on the Tebow Manning meter. And bringing in a former MVP, Lamar Jackson, would do that. Now, here's the thing. You better be all in. One reason why the Ravens should not move on from Lamar is because they've built their team around his skill set, right? They, they can't just take anyone else and put them into that, that quarterback position and say, go ahead. Because there's not many people that, that need the same support, the same type of support that Lamar's thrived with. 
right? They have a bunch of startable running backs. They have three starting caliber tight ends at any point in time. They sparsely spend on wide receivers because they know Lamar can run an offense with tight ends and running backs, and and they don't need to throw the ball out to the wide receivers that often. The commander's roster is not that. You might say it's the opposite of that. I'm even seeing some chatter that Logan Thomas might be a cap casualty because of of the injuries. He hasn't really been able to be productive. And uh, if you cut him, you save some cap money. So you might not even have your number one tight end. Right? Your wide receivers might be a strength of the offense from McLaurin to Dotson to Samuel and and even, you know, a few others. Dami Brown. So if they wanted to do something drastic to their roster... That's going to be difficult. They should tread carefully. It'll take a bunch of picks and a bunch of resources to pull off the tag and trade, right? So you'd have to give the Ravens a lot, and then you'd have to spend $45 million a year on Lamar. And in the process, you'd be devaluing a strength of your team because the the wide receivers wouldn't be as important because Lamar doesn't need them. So I I love the enthusiasm of the fan base, right? Like I said, I've seen more uh, photoshopped images of Lamar Jackson and Washington gear than I anticipated at all. But I, I think for right now, you're just showing off your Photoshop skills. You're not given an actual possible direction that could lead to success for the Washington commanders. All you would do is... You know, it would be an easy move for Lamar, right? He wouldn't have to move far from Baltimore. It could be you're you're helping him out. I don't know how much you'd be helping yourself out, but you'd be helping him out, right? Wouldn't even you can you could do that by yourself, right? Just get the U-Haul buzz across town. (laughs) I doubt he would. Probably has more stuff than the most of us. (laughs) Um, uh, This is overtime on 106.7. The fan call lines open 1-800-636-1067. Another option at quarterback. How about this one? Uh, hanging over everything going on at quarterback, the Sam Howell decision, uh, the top of the draft this year for for other teams, for for the uh, the Texans and the like, is a guy by the name of Caleb Williams, quarterback USC, local guy to this area, born in DC. Commanders fans, I want to know this from you. So get ready to dial in one eight hundred six three six one zero six seven, or you can you can send it to me on Twitter at Donnelly Sports. Would you be upset? Would you be mad? Would you be frustrated if the commanders took this upcoming season and tanked for Caleb Williams? Would you be mad? 1-800-636-1067, or you can send it to me on Twitter, your reactions, at Donnelly Sports, D-O-N-N-E-L-L-Y-S-P-O-R-T-S. That conversation starts the next hour in just a couple minutes. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates – Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. 
conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Uh, 